Say Something, a video podcast so you can listen and watch. It's like sports talk or news talk, but it's life talk to help us walk the road together. I'm Kay, and thanks for joining me and a few of my friends as we contemplate societal issues and ideas, searching for truth so that together we can say something encouraging to folks walking alongside. On today's show, best-selling author Holly Girth joins us to chat about how to fully function in and to be blessed by our biological and genetic wiring, specifically introvert and extrovert. But introverts and extroverts are equally social. They're just differently social. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we get labels put on us as introverts that aren't accurate, that make us believe things about ourselves that just aren't true. Yeah. Be sure to stick around to the end for Holly's amazing tips to a joy-filled life. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. I feel like it's summer here in Dallas where it is still smoking hot. And so <laughs> kind of like our smoking hot guest. I'm just kidding. That's just really <laughs> so terrible. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's just uh, the older we get, we'll for, for yeah. sure take it. Yep. So this is our, our friend Holly Gert. Holly Gerth is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, licensed counselor, and life coach. She imagines a world where we all become who we're created to be, use our strengths to serve, and grow for a lifetime. Holly co-founded the groundbreaking blogging community in Courage and co-hosts the popular podcast, More Than Small Talk. Find Holly at hollygerth.com or at hollygerth on Instagram and Twitter. She is she's calling in from Arkansas, and I feel like everybody these days during our COVID days, everybody is calling in. And so she had to bear with our duct tape production where we were trying to figure out how to get FaceTime (laughs) to work and it didn't. So anyway, Holly has written this terrific book and it's called The Powerful Purpose of Introverts. And it's really cool because she adds into everyone should be doing their purpose. And so I am thrilled um, because it's like why the world needs you to be you and I am an extrovert and I think Julie you probably are too yes I I, I kind of go in between like I, I love to be around people and then I, I need time to go be by myself and refuel and then I as soon as I'm done refueling I got to get back out so I'm kind of one of those introvert extroverts and Holly I'm guessing well from reading this I know you're an introvert yes I'm definitely an introvert so can you just start out a little bit? I think you wrote this book for people like me and for introverts, but what led you to write this book? Well, I found out that I was an introvert when I was in college. That's so the first time I heard the word. I was at a campus ministry meeting. I remember where I was on this old gray carpet and they had a guest speaker talking about personality and he talked about introverts. And it was this big light bulb moment for me that, hey, that not only is there a name for the way I engage with the world, but a whole lot of other people engage with it the same way. About half the population is made up of introverts. So I only knew one side of the story for a long time about being an introvert. I knew I didn't always live small talk or big crowded rooms, but I didn't understand all the strengths and gifts that came with being an introvert or that it's really about the way our brains and nervous systems are wired, that it's a biological thing. And so as I went on to be a writer and counselor and life coach and discovered all that and talked to other introverts who struggled with similar insecurities or misconceptions, I thought I want everyone to know the whole story about what it means to be an introvert. And so that turned into this book. What do you think are the pressures? Because even just listening to you, um, it does seem like extroverts um, fit in. Like there's a social pecking order sort of that starts when kids are little on the playground. 
And so um, how have you seen that even play out with children as they and as you grow, just those messages that you get from being in a world that is it run by extroverts or what would you say? I would say our culture overall, extroversion is a little more dominant. Yeah. And so even though we're split kind of down the middle, that's just if our culture as a whole had a personality, it'd be probably an extrovert. And so I think with kids who are introverts, we often get told things like, oh, you're shy. Or parents will say that, oh, she's just shy. But shyness and introversion are actually two very different things. Shyness is about fear. Introversion is about a particular brain and nervous system wiring. It just impacts how we engage with the external world around us. But introverts and extroverts are equally social. They're just differently social. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we get labels put on us as introverts that aren't accurate, that make us believe things about ourselves that just aren't true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the flip side of that is, is I'm, I'm so glad you've written this book because it helps extroverts also um, know how to rightly interact with introverts um, because and I, I learned something about this uh, when I was in my 20s. I was working at a company that was doing kind of a, a personality thing. And that was the first time I'd ever really even had the thought of introverts versus uh, extroverts and that there isn't really a versus. It's a difference in the way you approach things. But um, I, I just I love that you're giving tools in this book to extroverts to deal well with introverts and not boil them down to something that's not not true and to yeah. introverts to lean into themselves right like, to be able to accept and that's where i told you yesterday that my daughter i've got to find the piece of paper what's oh, right here we were literally in the chick-fil-a line and that is the perfect place for isn't it it always is <laughs> yes I'm so, we are all, all wiser with waffle fries. Oh my you? gosh. And I don't know about y'all, but the lunch lady thing is killing me. Like I am not, I don't even know. So I'm just going to out myself that we go every day. It's a pathetic. There but, you go. But so. Or local business. I guess. Yes, that's right. And um, she said to me that uh, she feels like she, um, she kind of doesn't want to go out of her room. So yesterday when we were talking about it, she goes, I'm not so sure it's depression as, it mu as much as it is just my introvertedness, especially being in a house during COVID where everybody is on top of each other. Yeah. What have you seen with that? Yeah, well, I think it's important to make a distinction between isolation and solitude. And so oh, isolation is living so disconnected from God, others, and ourselves. It's what, when God said, it's not good for a man to be alone, that is kind of the original meaning of that word alone, is this separateness. So solitude, in contrast, is time physically apart, chosen for a specific purpose, like restoration, reflection, creativity, prayer, all of these things. So introverts need that. Everyone needs it, but introverts even more so because our nervous systems are extra sensitive and take a lot in, like a net with small holes. So we need mm. some time to empty our net and then we're ready to engage again. Mm. So the question with your daughter would be, does she take that time and then come back and then go back to solitude? Is there and alternating between solitude and time with people in whatever form she prefers it, whether that's one person at a time or your whole family. And so that's really what to look for because we all do need that 
time alone. And if she is in a house full of people, it makes a lot of sense that she's probably going to need more time than usual to retreat and recharge. Mm -hmm. Is introversion uh, genetic? It appears to be okay. because they've done studies with people from infanthood through adulthood mm -hmm. and these characteristics stay consistent. They can observe them even in infants who aren't very old because again, it is about how we engage with our external environment and that brain and nervous system wiring. How do you spot that as a child? Like as for, you know, just for young moms that are out there? Um, introvert babies startle more easily. They need time before they engage in a new situation. An extrovert baby might run right in, you know, if they're old enough to run, mm -hmm. where an, extra, an introvert might need a little time before they engage. Um, so those are some of the things, just looking at how we engage with the environment around us. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that, that leads me, since we're talking about parenting and, and maybe parenting a child that is differently wired than, than the parent, what about um, speaking into that behavior or correcting when maybe there's there's nothing at all to correct? Yeah, I think that's a good point because a lot of times it's easy to think we need to push our kids to be social mm -hmm. and there can be a time for that. But if you think about a lot of introverts, some of those social interactions can feel the same, especially as kids, as if they saw a barking dog. So if your kid saw a barking dog and hid behind your leg, you wouldn't be like, come on, like, just go yeah. pet the dog. Mm -hmm. You know, you would say, hey, let's talk about this. Like, you're safe. I'm here. The dog is on a leash. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you. So applying that to social situations mm -hmm. or even just really loud, stimulating situations, just giving your introvert kid some reassurance and some time to step into that situation to feel safe mm -hmm. can be really powerful. Susan Cain, who wrote the book Quiet about introverts, says mm -hmm. that uh, extroverts are helicopters. They can do like mm -hmm. instant liftoff in a new situation oh, yeah. where introverts are planes and they need a runway and then they mm -hmm. can soar just as high. And so giving your introvert kids space to just enter things a little more slowly or sometimes offering some reassurance can be helpful. If it's a constant pattern where they won't ever engage with anyone at all, then that might be something to look into because that's probably something more like social anxiety, which is also not introversion. Yeah. But just understanding that wow. that need for a little bit of warm up. So even so taking it to ourselves because you do um, run into these situations where it's very helpful to know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And all of us probably didn't grow up in a time where you talked about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so being able to let yourself be who you are, which is really your subtitle. Can you go into that a little bit? Cause it's so, it's just so beautiful. Yeah, well, I struggled with being an introvert for a long time, especially when I first started publishing and speaking. I just thought, oh. all right, I have to be an extrovert now. Wow. So I said yes to everything and everyone and took myself to the brink of burnout. And at the end of my busiest year, I was the keynote at a conference on Saturday night. And Sunday morning, I couldn't stop crying. Really? And I felt like God just whispered to my heart, Holly, go home. And I knew he meant go home as in get on the plane, go home and take a long nap, but yeah. also go who, go home to who I created you to be. And I 
did. I went home. I looked at my life and where it didn't fit with who I was. I talked to a counselor, met with my doctor, changed some habits, got some more supportive people around me, and started making decisions that were more in line with my God-given wiring. And that made me stronger, mm-hmm. not weaker. And I just realized all of us are perfectly designed for God's purpose for our life, mm. not for anyone else's, but for ours, we it. have what it takes. It's often just takes courage to embrace that. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful. So can you share maybe some specific ways yeah. that, that, that that played out in your life? So maybe um, did you not take as many speaking engagements in a row or just some specific things that you've done? Yeah, for inter- for introverts, energy management is one of the biggest things because we do expend a lot of energy in social situations. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I recommend introverts do is an energy audit of their life. And so for a week or a day, whatever they want to do, write down everything that they do, put a plus by what energizes them, a minus by what drains them, question mark wow. if they're not sure, so and then evaluate. And then we're all going to have minuses in our lives, but if there's some that are optional, that are from shoulds that we've taken on that God never intended, shoulds. see if there's a way to eliminate that or come up with a strategy that helps those things better fit who we are. Do you suggest having somebody do that with you? Like, I mean, do you go through that with somebody or do you feel like an introvert has really got a a better sense of who they are to be able to do it alone? Well, that's a great question. I would say most introverts would probably want to do it on their own. They enjoy reflecting and tend to have self-awareness. But of course, if anyone is feeling stuck, I always recommend bring someone else in, find someone you trust and share it with them and help them go through it with you. For this particular exercise, it might be a person who is in your household or shares responsibilities Mm -hmm. with you, like a spouse. I could see that being really helpful to just say, here's the reality of where we are and where do we need to be for both of us to thrive. That's so good. One thing that Louie said too, because I think Julie kind of addressed it, but she said that people make her feel bad because she may not want to go do all these things, like all the supposed tos, which I guess goes to the shoulds. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that as an introvert to be able to come to that solid ground where these things over here aren't defining your worth or your identity? Well, I think one part of that is understanding how happiness is different for Mm -hmm. extroverts and introverts. So one of the primary brain differences is extroverts thrive on a neurotransmitter called dopamine. It's like caffeine. It revs us up and prepares us for action. But introverts already have a level of dopamine that feels pretty good to us. So it's like we've had our morning cup of coffee. If we have a lot more coming at us, it feels like having a whole pot. So maybe exciting at first, but eventually exhausting. Right. And we feel our best through a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine, which is more like herbal tea. It's released when we turn inward, when we're able to fully focus on a project, when we have a meaningful conversation. Mm. So that means happiness for extroverts feels like enthusiasm and excitement in the next adventure. For introverts, happiness feels like calm, contentment, and being able to fully focus on something they're passionate about. So my guess is maybe your daughter has some extrovert friends Mm -hmm. who are trying to help her be happy without understanding she is happy. And so even just being able to explain that to them, to say, you know what, this 
is really fun for you, but this over here is actually really fun for me. And then maybe figuring out a compromise, like, mm -hmm. all right, we're going to go out on Friday night, but on Saturday morning, we're going to, you know, have a pajama party and watch a movie or whatever it is. And just figuring out how to get all those differences incorporated. Even as you make life decisions, what are some things that you think are important for introverts to kind of have on their, you know, to be able to say, this is important to me. Be sure this is a part of what the landscape looks like. Yeah, I would say intentionally incorporating solitude in your life. I lived in a dorm when I was in college. I was also part of a sorority where I lived with 80 girls in one house. And I would frequently escape either to the library or to the top of this mountain that had this little church where I could park my car and just be quiet for a while. And so scheduling solitude like you would an important meeting or if life's crazy and that feels difficult, just having a rhythm of it. Like Joanna Gaines is an introvert, right. probably one of the busiest women on the planet. Mm -hmm. And she says before every new event, she just sits in her car for five minutes. And that's her rhythm of solitude. Wow, that's so, so that would good. be my biggest tip for introverts is make sure solitude is a priority in your life because you're going to be better at whatever you do and in your relationships if you get that time. Mm. Well, now I love the, the way the conversation was going with the, um, you know, your daughter having other people trying to, you know, make her happy by doing the things that make them happy. And I think this is such an important. Don't you think we all do that? Yes, yes. And it's, you know, it's why the Five Love Languages book was so popular yeah. because it people, it finally dawned on people that, oh, wait, somebody receives love a different way than I receive love. Yeah, that is a such an important part of walking life next to each other. Well, and I think that's what, yeah. as somebody who is, who has more extrovert tendencies, I, I try to invite introverts more and find things for them to do because I'm so afraid that they're going to be unhappy. Like feel like they're, they're left yeah, out. Yeah, or, or, feel, or, or that they're going to be unhappy at home. Like, um, I can remember, you know, a time where if I didn't have something on Friday and Saturday night, I would, it was just, that was a, a downer for me. And so somebody who would choose to be home on a Friday or Saturday night never occurred to me. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. So, and uh, by the way, maybe it's just age, but now I love being home Friday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we do all get more introverted as we age. We don't really? become a different type, but we're all on a continuum and we all move toward the introverted end over time. Interesting. Also, one thing with the five love languages, even extroverts and introverts need those five love languages in different volumes. So like an introvert whose That's love language good. is words of affirmation will probably appreciate a handwritten personal note where a words of affirmation extrovert probably would enjoy being brought up in front of the team on Monday morning and told good job that way. So even thinking, okay, I know this person's love language, but what volume do I need to speak it in where they can best hear it? Wow, that's awesome. What are some of the trigger words that would make you go, you need to do a little bit of this process? Because if we throw into this, into this, like just this equation, social media, because um, yeah. that's another one that must be addressed. How an introvert can um, be happy in that midst and an extrovert. And, um, and so what are the triggers where you sit there and go, I need to pull back and do a little inventory here? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So with social media, it's dopamine driven. Yeah. That's a reward chemical. So every notification releases dopamine. Yes. Yeah. And so for introverts, especially for all of us, but introverts, especially every time we get a notification, it's a withdrawal from our energy account. It may be not much, maybe it's a dollar's worth of energy. So in the moment we think no big deal, it's a dollar. But over a day, all of a sudden we're at a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars and asking why am I exhausted? Yeah. And then we can, as introverts can end up using all our social energy on those more surface interactions Mm -hmm. and not getting the deeper, more meaningful relational time that we crave, like Mm -hmm. one-on-one coffee with a friend. Yep. And so I say for introverts to be really intentional with boundaries around social media. Mm-hmm. I keep all my notifications off all the time. And I take a cyber Sabbath once a week where I totally unplug. Know how much that's costing us and what we want to spend on social media and what we don't. Yeah. That's good. That's amazing. What other tidbits do you have that you sit there and go, people really need to know this? I think that a question for both types to ask each other is simply, how can I love you well right now? Mm -hmm. Because like you talked about, we do tend to assume that other people are wired just like us Mm -hmm. and they're not. And we can be trying so hard and wondering why the ways we're going about loving people just aren't landing the way we hoped. And so I think that's a powerful question, especially Mm -hmm. because all of us are going through a hard time as humanity. It's just taking the time to ask, how can I love you well right now? And to be able to ask that question, you just have to be solid in knowing your own identity and your worth. So what do you do to get to the solid place so that you can ask that question? I think taking time to build self-awareness and we can come at life from three different perspectives. Self-criticism, which is we're hard on ourselves. We deal with insecurity, self-focus, which is more pride. It's all Mm -hmm. about me or self-awareness, which says I'm going to learn about who I am and understand it so I can fully use all the gifts that God has entrusted to me. It's what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. Mm -hmm. So I think first grounding ourselves in God's truth about who we are, Mm -hmm. that we are loved, we're chosen, we're designed intentionally, but then also using tools to figure out who we are individually. Like I love the Myers-Briggs personality test, the Enneagram you mentioned, the love languages taking time to do that because the more aware of who we are, the more we are free to also recognize and honor the differences in other people. Yeah. So I think self-awareness and understanding is really key and it's not selfish. It can get called that sometimes, but it's actually the opposite. It really prepares us for service. Mm. Yeah. And you really spend the first part of your book going through that. This is a a really interesting book just to learn about introverts, but it's also just packed full of practical application. So thank you for doing that, Mm -hmm. first of all, because that's amazing and it's organized and maybe extroverts aren't quite as organized. (laughs) I don't, we love chaos. Um, Okay, so one thing that we ask people, because we just love to hear where people land on just, and it doesn't have to be like all of these, but what would be your top five tips for a joy-filled life? And it could be however many, whatever hits you. We just love to know. I would say one thing is allow yourself to feel the hard emotions too. I have a master's in counseling, and one thing we learned was our emotions are on a continuum, you know, from hard to happy. And if we cut off 
on one side, like we say, I'm not going to feel hard emotions. We narrow our range on the other side too. We can wow. only have the capacity for joy that we have the same capacity for grief. And so sometimes I think we don't realize that, that actually saying I'm not allowed to feel certain things that we deem negative mm -hmm. are actually going to inhibit our ability to feel things that are positive. Wow. And so I think allowing ourselves to use our full emotional God-given range mm. is one thing that can be helpful. That is so good. That's great. And then naps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, naps. I do think yes. naps are good. Yeah, and related to that, I think just giving ourselves permission to rest mm -hmm. because it's so easy, like I did, to get to the brink of burnout. And so I'm a big advocate for naps. Yeah. And then having supportive people in your life, people that you can say, hey, I had this huge success, celebrate with me. Yeah. Or I just had a horrible day, sit and cry with me that mm -hmm. we have people who are there for us, even if it's just one person. Research has shown that if you have even one person to share important things with, that it makes a huge difference mm -hmm. in psychological health, even in longevity, how how long we live. So I would say that's another one. And I think people, I love that you said that because um, right now, I think people feel like having a comma in the amount of friends that you have makes you okay, <laughs> which is yeah. ridiculous, um, especially kids dealing with social media, because that, that says they're cool if they have a thousand friends versus one. And mm -hmm. so thank you for pulling that one in just to, to make the, to bring in the semblance of wisdom into that, that one friend, like a, a confidant is, um, gosh, a lot better than a thousand surfacy yeah. you know and it, it for everybody thanks for saying that and, and, and i also like that you balanced it out not just a, a confidant for the hard things but somebody that you can share the great things yes with. i love that yes. i i have two friends that um you know we are each other's cheerleaders you know, like hey i just got to share this awesome thing I and if i told anybody else it would sound like bragging but i know you're going to celebrate with me and i want to celebrate it and that is awesome. Huge. Yeah, it's so awesome. Good. Yeah, yeah. And I would say the next step is be that person for others. Oh, you know, so good. There you go. That we we think why isn't anyone reaching out, or I don't have this in friendship. And yeah. the thing we can control is how we engage with other people. And so just especially committing, I think, in our world to being a safe person for mm -hmm. other people. I would say in particular other women. Mm -hmm. Just saying, like, no gossip. I will not criticize you. I'm going to be for you no matter what. I'm your safe space. And just committing to that, whether it's in person or on social media, mm -hmm. I think that's a powerful thing, especially yeah. right now when we see so much unkindness. Yes. I think all our hearts just need to know there are safe people still around. And mm -hmm. being one is a powerful thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, and that probably is gives as much to the person doing it as the one receiving it. Mm -hmm, yeah. So, and, and then text mix, can I make that? Uh, I'm just saying, one? do you have good text <laughs> mix there? <laughs> do you have to come yes. home to get it? <laughs> Yes, yes. I grew up in Texas, and as soon as I am home, I'm like, all right, let's go get some Tex-Mex. Well, and, and Houston, Holly's from Houston, and they, I will say, your food is excellent. Guacamole makes everything better. It does. <laughs> Guacamole for sure does.
guacamole <laughs> and honestly a topo chico which is yeah i, I love topo chico yes. i'm obsessed with them i am too yeah. okay so now like i had one the other day because if you drink half of it and i add like cran grape juice to it or ruby red grape, it is so good it's oh, wow. delicious good so there's my little tip for a joy-filled life get some topo <laughs> chico it. that's gonna make my life happier i'm gonna try this <laughs> so yummy <laughs> well holly thank you so much for spending time with us and for writing this terrific book this is not holly's first book we'll have them all just on the say something website and so we just want to encourage you today to go and say something kind to yourself first of all and to the people walking alongside and and figure out like sit down for a minute and ask those questions to go just to to get to the place where you're wired so that we can fully function in in wholeness as we go forward and connect with Holly because she has this is just the tip of the iceberg so we're so grateful that you're doing what you're doing and um, for the way that you encourage people and I hope that today that um, somehow this is an encouragement to you because we're super grateful well thanks for having me well, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks so much. Our very special thanks to Holly Girth. Connect with Holly at hollygirth.com or at hollygirth on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to check out Holly's latest book, The Powerful Purpose of Introverts, Why the World Needs You to Be You. And a very special thanks to you. Want to stay connected? Visit saysomethingshow.com and sign up to our mailing list or check us out on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, listen on Apple Podcasts, or check out our channel on Truly Media. See you next time on Say Something.